Thank you. You may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, keep our eyes open to see your glory. Fill our hearts with the Holy Spirit and inspire us to be an active participant in our relationship with you. Help us to live in hope through despair to resurrection. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Cami, and I am the Missioner for Equity and Justice here at St. Columbus. And, well, I'm a total sucker for rom-coms. That's romantic comedies. The cheesier the better, improbable, sign me up, and quite frankly, utterly unrealistic, I'm there. <laughs> I love everything about them. The uplifting music in the background, the giddy smiles, I even love the, the Ken-like haircuts. They all have the same roadmap. Introductions to the characters, they are happy, have everything figured out in life. Then they meet someone and their world becomes so much brighter. The foods taste different, they taste sweeter, and even music sounds a little different than before. Perhaps you can relate. Both characters grow and develop in this new relationship. Then there's usually a point when one character for the first time truly sees the other character in a different light. They are in their element. And they know that this one, this one is different because this is the one. Then something happens, feelings get hurt, hearts are broken. During this journey of pain and suffering, the individual characters become introspective. Their eyes are open and they're led to a conclusion that is even brighter, warmer, and filled with even more love than they could have possibly ever imagined. I'm pretty sure that God invented rom-coms. Leading up to this point of transfiguration in the gospel, we have been witness to the introduction and character growth of the disciples as they grew in relationship with Jesus. They have witnessed their nets being filled with fish to the point of tearing, people being healed and cured. They have heard promises of the poor receiving the kingdom of God, the hungry being filled, the weeping, they're laughing. Like in a rom-com, their world is the brightest that it has ever been. They are seeing it with new eyes. It's at this point that we meet them on their journey up the mountain with Jesus to pray. In today's gospel, we are invited on a literal journey with Jesus and his favorite disciples, Peter, James, and John. Luke tells us that when they get up the mountain, Jesus begins to pray. Peter, James, and John are exhausted. Despite being weighed down with sleep, they manage to keep those eyes open to see Jesus praying. But this time it's different. This time he's in communion or in deep connection with God, like they've never seen before. He is truly in his element. His face changes, his clothes become dazzling white, and like a rom-com, the apostles see him like they've never seen him before. He's then joined by, Mo by Moses and Elijah, who discuss with Jesus his exodus 
in Jerusalem. As if this wasn't enough, they're engulfed by a cloud from which a voice tells them, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. For the first time, they truly see the glory of God and the spirit fill Jesus. Before their eyes, he is transformed from prophet to the son of God. The clouds leave and Jesus is alone. Though they are not able to understand what Jesus had told them just days before, or what Moses and Elijah are speaking with Jesus about, it's here from this high point, again, both literally and figuratively, that the apostles join Jesus on the path down to his resurrection. Now, I would like to focus on three different points here. Number one, it is only when Jesus is in deep communication or deep communion with God that we witness God's glory beyond what we thought we knew. Number two, that despite being weighed down by sleepiness, the disciples were only able to experience God's glory because they kept their eyes open. And three, that even though Moses and Jesus were God's chosen ones, they are not granted an easy passage to get to glory. They get through it through grit, tenacity, and faith. So let's talk about prayer. I don't know about you, but I didn't know really how to apply the word communion to Jesus praying. What Luke is telling us here is that Jesus was in deep relationship or connection with God while he was praying. He was an active participant in his prayer. He wasn't just rattling off a string of words he learned in his religious education classes. Yes, even Jesus had those too. He was in deep conversation, in unity, in closeness, in intimacy with God. It is only through this deep connection that Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit and experiences God's glory. Brothers and sisters, this is an invitation. God is yearning to be in deep relationship with us. He, oops, my iPad just moved. He wasn't just rattling off rote prayers because rote prayers are not intended to be the end game, but there used to be a guide on how to be in relationship with God, to be thankful, to ask for intercession, to help us recognize what ought to be to help us realize the beloved community. What if active prayer doesn't just mean words? What if prayer for the hungry looked like volunteering with the water ministry, great patrol, loaves and fishes, or lunches for friendship place? What if prayers for the poor meant getting involved with our WIN or affordable housing advocacy group to advocate for affordable housing here in Ward 3? What if prayers for our neighbors meant helping St. Columba's welcome a respite center to welcome men and women and children who have been bused from the Texas and Arizona borders 
and dumped at Union Station to tell them, I see you. You are God's beloved and you matter. Or joining one of our refugee families for a trip to the zoo. And what if prayers for peace meant doing the work to understand the lens with which someone else has led their life and how we might begin to right the evil that we have done and that has been done on our behalf? What if that really means considering how the gospel guides us toward reparations? The question is never, is God listening? It is, however, are we listening? It's never a question of, is God there? Rather, it is a question of, are we open to his presence? Call out, reach out, and allow space for the Holy Spirit to comfort, to love, to hope, and to ignite compassion. Eyes open. I don't have to tell you what an exhausting journey the last couple of years have been. We've climbed over obstacles only to find ourselves at the base camp of another Everest. To complicate things further, we are not all on the same path. We do not all have the same equipment, experience, preparation, or tenacity. Exhausted and bewildered at times, and sometimes fearful of what we might see around us, we keep our head down, go through the motions, our eyes closed just to get to the next day. We wake up and do it again, completely unaware of the world around us. My friends, look up, look up. We are but parts of one body in Christ. To be in relationship with someone means to see, to listen, and to act in and with compassion. You cannot be compassionate and hate. As we journey down the mountain with Jesus, I invite you to take a bigger step here, dig deep here. I can only imagine how much it means to have a home that feels safer and more comforting for the families that our teens worked with during rebuilding together or SCAP. I can relate to that. I can relate to the excitement of having a new space to call your own that is safe. But friends, let's dig deeper. Why is there a mom sitting within a bike ride of us at this very moment not knowing where her little boy or little girl will lay their heads down at the beginning of next month because she just spent all she had on the inhaler that her son needed and will now not be able to make rent. What are the systemic policies that are built around her to keep her in the same position as her mother and her grandmother before her? To keep her from rising above the poverty level. More? What is my role in that? And what can I do to break down those walls? Not sure where to start? Join Stirring the Waters. Take a sacred ground course. They're led by members of our very own community. 
As St. Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. It is through being in relationship with our neighbors, in communion with one another, that we are able to act in compassion and to see the glory of God in each other as we work to, as Catherine noted last week, bring God's realm to fruition on earth. Keep your eyes open. And finally, grit, tenacity, and faith. As Jesus and the three were walking down the mountain, they walk in silence. Peter, James, and John are completely awestruck and no doubt a bit confused about what they just saw, especially in light of what Jesus just told them a couple days before about him being put to death. Jesus leads them down the mountain knowing that he is leading them to his death. What we learn from Jesus and Moses is that even though they are God's chosen, they will not be given an easy passage to God's promise. Moses acts in unabiding faith as he displays true grit and tenacity as he has to lead his people through the desert, starvation, and death for 40 years before getting to the promised land. Jesus goes through unimaginable pain and has to pass through death itself to get to the promise of resurrection. We are a resurrected people. This means that we must allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to be a people of God's truth and a people of God's love. This is not always easy work. In fact, it can often be hard, scary, hurtful. Our author Nate Bramson explores this in his book, What If Jesus Meant What He Said? What if? It would not only mean feeding the poor, the hungry, and giving drink to the thirsty, but sitting down at the table together in relationship and in communion. It means to not only welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, take care of the poor, care for the sick and the imprisoned, but as we learned last week, to use our gifts for different ministries to be in true communion with God and with one another so that we do not allow our fears to make us small, petty, and sequential, but are able to be as God made us to be, to grow into the full stature of Christ. It means getting to know a fifth grader at Fort View while participating in our tutoring program with Housing Up. It means standing shoulder to shoulder with the outcast and forgiving those who have wronged you. It means asking for forgiveness. It means having the grit to strive for justice and peace among all people and to respect the dignity 
of every human being. It means having the tenacity to resist evil and to seek and to serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself. It means having the faith to proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. This, my friends, is what it means to be in relationship with God. Let us allow the transfiguration of Jesus to be a transformation in how we live as a follower of Christ. As we begin our journey down the mountain to Golgotha with Jesus and with each other, let us strive to be active participants in our relationship with God, keeping our eyes open to allow ourselves the opportunity to witness the glory of God in each other and to have the grit, tenacity, and faith and hope beyond the difficulties into glory. Amen. <laughs>